Welcome to Explore the Space. We're digging into healthcare issues that matter most. Our guests and conversations mine these issues for perspective and answers. There is a gulf between healthcare and our communities. This is the place to talk about it. Now here's your host, Dr. Mark Shapiro. Welcome back to Explore the Space podcast. I'm your host, Mark Shapiro, and welcome to another Med Lasso from Explore the Space podcast. It is time to tackle Ted Lasso Season 3, Episode 9. Syed and I are ready, and we are joined with an absolutely superb guest to tackle a really important and pivotal in many ways, but also just incredibly compelling episode. Dr. Jamie Coleman is here. Jamie's been on Explore the Space podcast before. She's a trauma surgeon. I think she is the origin on Twitter of when I started doing hashtag trauma surgeons are cool. And we talk about that a little bit in the episode. We just had an absolute blast. I'm going to leave it at that. Jamie is just on fire. And uh, yeah, (laughs) no more preamble from me. You're going to absolutely love it. Definitely check out the whole archive of Med Lasso at www.explorethespaceshow.com, as well as the archive of the podcast, which is also there. You can subscribe wherever you're listening to Explore the Space right now. Please do share the show with your friends, your colleagues, your teammates. That really helps us out. You can hit me on Twitter at ETS Show, Instagram at Explore the Space Show. Be sure to use hashtag MedLasso. That way we can all see what you're talking about and enjoying. You can email me anytime, Mark at ExploreTheSpaceShow.com as well. This is a blast and we're coming down the stretch. We've got a couple episodes left, but it's time. Ted Lasso, Season 3, Episode 9 with Dr. Jamie Coleman. Let's get amongst it. Syed, I want so badly to start with who is the best classical guitarist of all time, because I literally (laughs) almost ripped up in applause when they said that, but we're not starting there. We're starting with our guest because I like to, I, I don't, okay. I give myself credit when credit is due. I'm really good at picking guests for Med Lasso. I think I've outdone myself because I picked Jamie Coleman before the episode aired as we're watching the whole episode with Rebecca, like, okay, this entire show now revolves around Rebecca. Like this is Rebecca's universe and we've got Jamie coming. Like this is match fit. Perfect. Jamie, welcome. Well, thank you so much. You know, I, you know, so I've done your explore the space regular episode and I've been, you know, like what list do I have to get on to get on a med lasso episode? So I, am, <laughs> I am glad that whatever, you know, whoever else couldn't do it or uh, for tonight. But no, I, you know, I'm a huge Ted Lasso fan and I'm a huge fan of your Med Lasso series. So I am on cloud nine right now. I am pumped. I'm ready. Let's get fired up because I want to start in a place that I know is very familiar to you. This whole episode for me, and I, I, I'll, I'll get to your takes on this. There's a lot in this episode, but... I, It really is the one where the show is called Ted Lasso, but it's Rebecca's world. The entire universe of this show revolves around this person, the influence she has, the example that she has set, the vision she has, the way she uses her power. Uh, It's it's unreal. And I love it. I'm going to stop because I I could go for 20, but I'm stopping. (laughs) Syed, my hot take. It's Rebecca's world and we're just living in it. What do you think? Absolutely, man. If there was an episode, you're, and I'm still, you know, I know your listeners can't see this, but I'm still fanboying so hard 
that Jason Coleman is like, here. Oh, oh my I've god, this Jamie's big, here. stupid I know, smile. I, I haven't said a word since the episode started. I'm just like, oh my god. And the setting that we have JV in right now is so perfect. Yeah. So I'm like, they can't appreciate that either. Um, yeah, Rebecca, uh, she has been so awesome. In a weird way, Ted has almost kind of stepped into the background in this season. Yes. It's not really focused on him and his interactions. It's kind of, he set all these planets in orbit. And now we're kind of seeing where everyone's going. And, and you know, I kind of wonder, it was Rupert's team before, and Rebecca has been such a natural leader this whole time. <laughs> you know, they could have been much, much better under her guidance before. This is why you and I are a good team. Jamie, let's talk about natural leadership. You are a trauma surgeon. I fanboy <laughs> out on trauma surgeons like no one else, as you well know. Hashtag trauma surgeons are cool. I take full credit for that. Y'all are awesome. You are you are you are the multi-tool of the hospital. You have courage. You are tough as nails. And it's a hard job. You and I have talked about your specific practice. Just natural leadership. Syed couldn't have teed that up better. What is natural leadership from your perspective? You know, okay, first I have to go back and just say Rebecca is the boss again. You know, and we're going to go in more into that, but, but it kind of ties in a little bit, I think, to what you're asking is, you know, 80 plus percent of communication is nonverbal. And so, you know, what I really try to teach to my residents and my trainees is being a leader is definitely about what you say, but it's also about how you say it. And in the sense of, if you go back, you know, I love Maya Angelou, right? And that whole sentiment of people may not remember what you said to them, right? But they're going to remember how you made them feel. And so to me, natural leadership, it goes into this sort of quiet confidence, just milieu of you don't have to scream that you're in charge to be in charge. That's not what this is about. It's about creating an environment and creating an atmosphere where people will naturally gravitate to you and what you're trying to accomplish. And again, this obviously overlaps so much with Ted Lasso and especially with, you know, your comment recently about how Ted's not even the center of the universe anymore. That's kind of the point, right? And I think that that's kind of Jason Sudeikis' point with this series is introducing a concept in a way, the Ted Lasso way, and then stepping back and letting that happen. And like the natural evolution, sadly for us, right, if truly only going to be three seasons, is that we're nearing the end of whatever this is going to be. And so I think that's a lot of like the natural leadership is not the one sitting on the throne screaming at people to do their work. It's not this dictator system. It is Natural leadership is creating other leaders. It is getting people to be the best that they can be with you or without you. And I think so I much of leadership is about... I hear you say this. <laughs> well, I think so much of leadership... Oh, I have the title and I have this and I have that. It's not really what it's about. Uh, I'm, I'm reveling in this. Okay, here's partly why. When you and I met last year at the Women in Medicine Summit, I asked you, how do you take control of the recess room? You're the trauma <laughs> surgeon on call. 
it's it, it can be an extremely chaotic environment. The stakes are very, very high. I, I don't like hyperbole. And that is an environment truly where seconds count, where decisions Absolutely. must be made swiftly and effectively. And, and people need to know who's in charge and they need to follow what they say. How do you take control of the trauma bay during a resuscitation? When you're in that environment, you live in a big city, you deal with the, the, the scariest and the worst things that can happen. How do you, as the trauma surgeon on call, as the attending, as Jamie, who everyone's like, oh my gosh, it's Jamie. How do you take control of that space? How do you take control of that space and lead in that space effectively? Well, it's funny. We did talk about this because part of it is, um, Sunny, you haven't met me in person yet, but um, I like to warn people before they meet me. I'm short. I'm five foot two on a good day. So I'm not necessarily the stereotypical, you know, someone walks in the room and is like, oh, that person's in charge. And so, you know, I got one of the best compliments ever from an emergency medicine colleague who came up to me once and said, you know, I just gave you as an example. You don't always say a lot, but everyone knows that you're in charge. <laughs> but I think a lot of it is being able to lead from the back and that my chief resident or my fellow, they're technically running that, but it's my job to oversee. So they laugh at me, but um, I'm a whisperer in the trauma bay. So I just, yeah, I am. Because what does everybody do wow. then? Shut up. And they listen. It works with kids. <laughs> but I mean, in seriousness. <laughs> I'm I mean, taking notes. I'm, hold on. Hold on. It, it works with I'm, kids. Whisper. Okay. I'm telling you, it, like the bre- the best preparation for being a trauma surgeon is having parented a three-year-old because they're like the (laughs) ultimate terrorists. Um, But no, but in seriousness, you know, like you said, right. Again, we talked about so much communication is nonverbal. The energy is high in the room. My job is to pour ice water on the room so that everyone can think clearly. Everyone can perform to the best that they can. And the only way to do that is to think clearly. Some whisper, so I'll walk up behind my chief resident. They're all taller than me because they've all, you know, hit growth spurts at some point in time in their life. I'm still waiting on mine. And um, I'm like, hey, what, what do you want to do next? Or hey, what do you think about maybe getting this done next? Because my job, again, is, uh, yeah, I can absolutely take over that room. I've done it a lot. That's not the point. And that's not really my role. My role is that I may not be there the next time because I may already be in the operating room with another patient that needs me. So how do I, again, make sure that that room runs and that leadership happens even when I'm not there? And that's so much of what I try to focus on and develop around me. Sayed. Thoughts? Please, please, please don't make me talk this episode. Can I just, can I just be quiet? I just want to listen. Just don't, just don't, wanna, don't throw anything to me. Just, just keep it a, all there. I was Gosh. joking with someone last night. I texted them and I said, I can't, I can't wait to read the Rebecca Waddingham leadership book. Jamie, you, you need to write a book. Like you really, um, so like we, we need it. We need it like whispering from the front or something like that. Um, yeah. Syed, I, I don't want to talk either, and that's rare. Like I'm usually like I'm usually good to go. <laughs> Dude, I'm just listening to this as a writer, and I'm like the trauma, the oh. trauma surgeon who whispers from the back. I'm like, this is such a great, it's like so good. Yeah, get me a pen right now. Oh, oh my god. I mean, listen. 
like I already defy like what people expect. So why not just go full on? And I'm just going to do it again. I, I, I'm, I'm never a yeller. I can't stand yelling. I can't stand loud. Of course, I, you know, have my husband and two boys. So I just live in loud. But um, so, yeah. So I feel like for me, a lot of like the traditional leadership techniques might work great. But like I tell everybody, people respond to authenticity. This is this is me. This is how I lead. And so, that's what I was about to ask you. Like, is this a yeah. natural fit for you? Like, it's not. It, none of this feels contrived. And 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 again on the show, right? Mm-hmm. We see Rebecca just soaring as this, <sighs> you know, this this like gravitational God. pull all of her because it's the way that she just is. Yeah. And you kind of get the sense that Hannah Waddingham is might actually also kind of be uh, like that in real life, just following her on social media. You get that sense that she just carries it like that. You, you do. I mean, the same thing, right? With an actor, you respond to authenticity when they find that bit inside them that marries or understands or empathizes with their character in a way that lets them tap into authenticity. And so I think it's the same thing for leadership as I'm teaching, again, residents and trainees. Like, listen, you're going to see this done a thousand ways. The mistake that I don't want you to make is thinking that you have to do it exactly like me or Dr. A, B, or C. Take the parts that feel right to you. Take the parts that go with your natural temperament, your natural strengths, your natural abilities. Run with that. And then you'll find your own really short, whispering trauma surgeon pathway. <laughs> Syed, I'm not calling on you. Don't worry. <laughs> um, I, one of the things that came up in episode eight that we talked about was the shift, in my opinion, of what they're trying to accomplish with the show. Not so much a shift. For me, it was a realization of what they're trying to accomplish with the show, Ted Lasso. Yes. For me, this was reinforcing that idea, which was we're not going to get closure of narrative arcs. That's not the goal. The goal here is to give us a show that we can go back to like volumes in a series and say, in this volume, they taught us this, or there was a cool example set of this, or they showed us this is not a good way to do something in that. I feel like they're setting that groundwork for us. And I feel like this episode cemented that idea. Jamie, you might remember this from back in the day, the the Saturday morning cartoons, the one to grow on. Do you remember those? Yes. The yes. little lessons that you, I feel like yes. these are little one to grow on. Syed, does there, that land for you? Are we reinforcing this? Is my hypothesis stronger now or out to lunch? I think it's stronger. I think it's pretty clear. If it wasn't clear with last, last week's episode, it's definitely clear with this week's episode that the writers are trying to tackle some of the issues. I mean, we mentioned yeah. this in season two and season one too, that it's a pretty, uh, clean portrayal you know a pretty squeaky clean portrayal of of what football you know and footballers and football crowds you know that kind of stuff what they're exposed to and it seems like they're deliberately trying to tackle that more so in this episode with with you know colin uh colin's story sam's story uh it, it definitely feels deliberate i think they're trying to create a legacy that's different from other shows and this is the way they're doing it. Jamie, for you, as you're watching this, are you watching it to pursue narrative arcs or are you watching it for the toolbox and the ideas and the sort of aspirational characteristics that they share? So it was funny. I, I just re-listened actually today to your last episode, which was so good, by the way. You know, and as a surgeon, 
I like to see a hole and I like to fix it. So, I mean, I do, I, I like closure of narrative arcs, but I 100% agree with you. And I think this episode really did cement your idea from last week that this show is about concepts. It's not about the details of the story. It's about the lessons along the way. So I 100% agree with you. I, I, because again, they just keep introducing new threads dangling, right. and it's it's, right. it's it's like driving me a little. As much as I love the show, it's a lot. Like, yeah, it's a lot. And at the same time, I think it is cementing your idea that this is actually about phasing Ted Lasso out of the center out. of the universe. And they did that with Roy in the press conference too, right? They showed they Roy looking out at the crowd with the shot from behind him, just like they did with Ted. He's like, be head lo- coach. lots of baton passing. Ooh, okay, it's hot take time. Let's get ready for hot takes. Okay, but before yeah, yeah. we okay, do, okay. before we go to hot, you said something that just reminded me of one of my favorite tweets of yours from pre-pandemic, oh. even where you were talking about. Um, I'm going to mispronounce it. Cardiography, where there's a hole in the heart and you got to close oh, it. Oh yeah, yeah. And I started That's tagging hard. like everyone I knew who wasn't a doctor to be like. Y'all got to check out Jamie. She's talking about a, closing a hole in the heart. Like it's breakfast. Like it's just no big deal. That might have even been where trauma surgeons are cool came from. I'll just, I don't even know what to ask about the mindset that like, yeah, it's just, it's just closing a hole in the heart. Uh, well, you know, okay. So first of all, it is, it is one of my favorite cases. So I, uh, yes. <laughs> oh and God. yes, before I get the old, you know, whatever surgeon who's going to be like, oh, I'm at your favorite case. You've done 10 of. I was like, I've finished 10 before I finished training. So thanks. (laughs) So let me get that out of the way. I've done this. I've done it a fair amount. But here's the thing about it, right? Is that surgery can be difficult for only a couple of reasons. One, it can be difficult to get to. The heart is not difficult to get to. It's just a little bone. And you just take a little saw. And technically just, speaking, you mean like actually accessing? Yeah, like technically, like you know, like like yes. the subclavian artery, the axillary artery. Like so surgery can be difficult for two things. Like I said, number one, it's hard to get to. Number two, it can be difficult to sew because of either it's kind of difficult to get to. You're in a deep hole, or the tissue itself isn't good. It doesn't hold sutures well. The heart is none of that. It is easy to get to. And it holds the suture beautifully. So it is one of those that you go from a patient who is peri-arrest and from skin incision to repair, you're talking about seven minutes. It's great. It's great. It's, 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 the, ultimate, it's the ultimate instant gratification, which let's face it, surgeons, we're not actually high maintenance. We just really like instant gratification. <laughs> Syed, can I call on you or should I not? <laughs> don't talk to me about Instagram. I'm, I'm the chronic kidney disease guy here, all right? So. Yeah, I know. I was like, we're on the other end of the spectrum. Yeah. I'm the rounding guy here. I'm the multidisciplinary huddle guy here. <laughs> oh, my. How does anyone talk after Jamie gets a chance to riff? This is unbelievable. That all being said, that was, that was the bet. Okay. I got to concentrate. We're going to the locker room. That, that, this will refocus us. This will Do get it. us back. All right. Jamie, T, you're ruling. The drink, the beverage, the hot brown water. Oh, you're like, ruling wait, on. Are it. we spilling the tea right now? Are we? Oh no! Like, no. Like, what are we doing? I was like, listen. Um. Oh, okay. So interestingly, contrary to um, Saeed here, I love tea. I drink hot tea only. I don't drink iced tea. I'm not southern. Like I don't drink sweet and iced tea. Disgusting. You could. Uh, it, it's it's terrible. A nice Earl Grey. A nice Earl Grey. Oh my gosh. 
bergamot you just orange, made a friend for please. life please dude i didn't and, think i could fan boy anymore and yeah so I, I drink hot tea every morning so i you know mark knows i'm not a coffee drinker i'm weird i don't know what to say um so i don't drink coffee but i do i drink hot tea every morning Green tea or uh, Earl Grey are my go-to. You, you are Syed's favorite guest of all time, and there's just no question. Um, it's time for power <laughs> rankings, and I think this is going to—we're we're probably going to be close in in what we see for the power rankings. But Jamie, let's start power rankings for you from Ted Lasso season three, episode nine. Okay. Do we? Do you want me to start with number one or number three? It's your world. We're just—I mean, okay. Not, so I, I don't want to get whispered at. I, I know <laughs> that. Um, I know that my answer should be Roy for number one, but I'm going to go with Rebecca number one because I'm just a huge Rebecca fan. And like for me, it's a it's the larger story arc where she started this season so wrapped up, not in her own success for her own reasons, but in the success of the team just because of her husband. And now she is back. The boss is back. And she just, again, embodied that Ted Lasso way led from the front, led from the back. She did it every single way this episode. I, I got to give my number one to Rebecca. I mean, I, I just, she's just awesome. Uh, number two, I got to give it with Roy. He, he, you know, he had a redemption arc for me. It's a smaller redemption arc. You know, it's, it's not Nate. But from last episode of, well, who was that video for? To now... I mean, I loved that parallel, that dual conversation that the writers at Ted Lasso are so good at when he's talking to Isaac and he's really talking to himself as well. So, just so well done. So he really came through for me. And There's something in that dynamic that I want to just call out that reflects on what you were saying about how you communicate. Do you remember when yeah. Roy came into the locker room and Isaac was distraught and Isaac said, don't come in here. I don't want to deal with you. Please don't start yelling at me. Or something like that. He said, I'm afraid you're just yeah, yeah. going to shout at me please, or something like, please don't start yelling at me. And Roy didn't. Yeah. And he said, that's not why I'm here. And, and he Isaac just down. couldn't take it. And, he, and he I just, that was a really, yes, exactly. It was a very interesting reflection on what you had talked about a little while ago about how we communicate. Isaac was afraid Roy was just going to berate her, him. And that's obviously not going to be what he needed. All right. Sorry. I, I just had to share. Number, that. I thought it was number three, I think might be a little controversial based off of knowing, listening to you guys and how you feel about Nate. I think number three for me is Nate. And I say that in that I thought a little of the cinematic, it was a little overplayed in terms of, oh, yeah, this Grinch moment, right? Where like his heart all of a sudden grew three times in the bar with Rupert. But I mean, he's known all along that that's not where he belongs. And that's not who he really wants to be. And I think it was just, uh, again, Nate has kind of irritated me all season. So for me, it's just more of, a, Maybe it's just a lack of annoyance this episode <laughs> that got him up to my number three. But yeah, I think he's got my number three. I like week. that. I like the lack of annoyance. That's a good way to put it with respect to Nate. <laughs> Syed, how about for you power rankings? We, how about the power rank, the Rebecca Mannion power rankings for this episode? <laughs> so I'm going to go with uh, Roy for number three. And you guys Ooh. discussed, you know, uh, I think uh, he did a, a, a great job of, of, you know, toning it down and the story he told, I think that footballers are people too. Um, when he was talking to all the press, I think that was an important part of this episode's message. And I, I think he's getting, I agree with Jamie. I think he's getting the beginnings of his maybe 
maybe redemption arc. I'm, I'm I'm not quite sure what kind of arc it is, to be honest with you. But like you, I'm not so focused on arcs anymore. I just take the moments. Number two, I'm going to go with Colin. And uh, he did a very, you know, a difficult thing uh, in the sense that uh, so many times we get a chance to, we get a moment where we can make a stand and we can go out on a limb and we can take a risk or a chance. And uh so so often the easiest thing by far is to let the moment pass and to just stay in the sh- in the shadows. Now, you know, I can't imagine how it must have been for him his whole life, essentially letting the moment pass, you know, and and having mm-hmm. that that fear and concern. And, and that moment, you could see it in his eyes when they were talking and they sort of was he going to let the moment pass one more time? And he didn't. And he, you know, he, he spoke his truth to the team. Um, so I'm going to give that to him for number two. And also the, the throwaway line, if that was the second best way it could have gone. <laughs> I thought that was, pretty, <laughs> yeah. that was pretty funny. And number one, I think clearly in this episode for me was was Rebecca um, in the sense that, yeah, the boss is back. She she is fully in charge. And I, I really love the way that when Roy didn't do what she asked of him, um, she was angry. But it wasn't so much that she was taking it as a personal affront. Um, she was angry at Roy for what he's becoming and for, you know, who he's who he's becoming. And she knows he's better than that. And and that's where the source of her anger was. It wasn't coming from ego. That, oh, you didn't do what I told you to do. It was you're better than this. And I know you're better than this. And what's holding you back is that frustration. I, I thought that was really well done. And she's it's amazing. She's really the beating heart of the season to me. Yep. Uh, I'm with you on all of it. I'm going to get Colin at number three. But again, it's in that sort of space of representation and for all of us as those who want to be able to be advocates and supporters to see that journey. And I just love the way that they framed it out that there was a lot of learning opportunities and things to take away. Number two for me is Trent Krim. And Trent Krim has become the representation for me of institutional memory. Everyone is reflecting to Trent. What do I do? What do you think? Trent, I mean, he is really this like font of wisdom and knowledge. I don't know what the like, the right like literary reference would be, uh, but there's something in the way he is now positioned in the team where it's almost like total football, total coaching. Everything's flowing through Trent now. Um, he's becoming a touch point for just about everybody in a really, really interesting way, and I love it. And he wields tremendous power in that way too. Number one is Rebecca. Don't need to like say a whole lot more, except the show leveraged lessons learned over the course of the pre- this previous seasons rebecca did it this way isaac does it rebecca apologized this way isaac apologizes this way uh, you know rebecca gets called out for by roy learns from it calls roy out in a different i just loved it i thought it was brilliant power rankings in this episode were very provocative i loved it and we may have to think about whether it's just the rebecca manny and power rankings going forward and like not have her just be number one the rest of the way the Coach Beard fainting couch. This might be the last time we do it because Coach Beard fainted in this episode. This is the one where he actually did kind of collapse, and I thought it was really funny. But that all being said, Jamie, do you have a moment that just kind of puts you on the floor? So it's interesting. It, it, there was, but it was a personal kind of moment in a sense of a lot of this for me registered, as, as you know, my husband played in the NFL. And thankfully, we went through that pre-social media, pre-Twitter, pre-iPhone. And 
It is so often that I think of these young kids at times, 17, 18, 19 year old, you know, very young men who are just under this intense and unfair scrutiny when they're still trying to figure out who they are as humans and adults. And so definitely towards the end, I'm kind of in this mind frame when Roy is having the press conference and talking about these are people and what you say to them matters. And I love that, especially in the area era of social media, where so often people feel that they can just say whatever they want because it's to a computer screen. It's not. It's to a person. So for me, I, I was already kind of personally connecting. And then this is more of a funny story. But um, at the very end, when Colin and Isaac are talking, and Colin's like, I love you, boyo. And he looks at Isaac. He's like, you can't say it, can you? And you know, Isaac's like, no, but you know I do. Yeah? Well, it's funny. So my husband and I have been together since college. It'll be 23 years this fall. And the day I got my acceptance into medical school, we'd not said I love you to each other yet. And he looks at me and I open the letter and I'm super excited. He looks at me and goes, you love me, don't you? <laughs> like oh my he, still gosh. Just, he still just couldn't say it. You know what I mean? And it, it's not, obviously not oh, for me wow. what was said, but is that moment of like vulnerability and acceptance of somebody and meeting them where they are, right? I could have been like, oh, well, you just, why didn't you say it? Why can't you say it? No, you're meeting somebody where they are at their vulnerable moment. And so for me, on like a personal level, there was so much like overlap there that I just, the last line of the episode just got me. It got me on the fainting couch. That is an awesome share. Thank you very much for sharing that with us. That is phenomenal. What an amazing moment. And I can imagine that would have absolutely put you on the floor. Syed, you're next. <laughs> this is brutal. This is so well, brutal. But mine's like more personal. Well, you know what I mean? Yours so, is you know, perfect and beautiful. Yours is perfect. Like, I feel like I'm like on an art show with Leonardo da Vinci. You know, they're like, hey, Syed, can you show us your finger painting? All right. This is, <laughs> all right. So I, my painting couch, I, I had two small moments written down. Both are roughly the same. The first one was... When Sam is doing the group, the group huddle call out and he doesn't know what to do. And he's like, I love you guys so very much. And everybody repeats it. I yeah, love you guys yeah, so yeah, very yeah. much. And they do that. And the other one. I wish they hadn't little... put that in the trailer. I wish they I hadn't know. put that in the trailer. That I was know. too good. It was too It was good. in the yeah. trailer. So we sort of like, oh, yeah. it's coming. It's coming. But, yeah, oh, exactly. We... Yeah. And then the other one was this silent moment where Jamie and Jamie Tart and Sam uh, contemplate the captaincy, so to speak. And Jamie's <laughs> yeah. like, uh, "Can can I can I get it?" And Sam's like, "No, <laughs> no, you can't." I, I love yeah. that. Not a word spoken. Totally. Mine was when Rupert met his match mm. when he met, and I'm blanking Great on one. her name. Nate's girlfriend, Jade. 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 And he introduces himself, and Jade says, "Well, meeting you is worthwhile." <laughs> oh, oh was, that was I think like I said it. I think that's what she said, right? Meeting yeah. you was yeah, worthwhile. It's worthwhile. It's worthwhile to meet you. We're oh my lord. Yeah. What? Oh, yeah. And just dead just yeah. deadpan. Just mm, I see who you are. I see through all the artifice. I see you. You're bad. Yeah. yeah. I'm not giving you anything. Oh, when, when, when he leaves 
when he leaves, she's like, he seems wealthy. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. She yeah. she almost made my power ranking. Like, I mean, that yeah. number three spot was tough for me between you know Colin and Isaac and you know all the things. She was great. Jade could be a spinoff. Jade could be a spinoff episode. I'd watch yeah. a three episode Jade arc for sure. Like, what is she doing behind the you know behind the counter at this restaurant? Like this is a, a woman of power. But anyway, we'll we'll see if they give us what we what we what we desire with that. I, I think that uh, they just they there's so many in this episode. But I don't know. I'm sorry I made you go after Jamie for the third time, but it was really really funny. We we got to go now to what's really this is my favorite thing. It's the John Wooden Pyramid of Success, and we have a really good one. And I have a story to go along with this one initiative make a decision failure to act is often the biggest failure of all normally i ask the guests to go first but i'd love to share a quick story about this one if that's okay with you both please all right cool hearing hearing nothing robert's rules i'll go forward so i I was a third year medical student on my surgery rotation and i really thought i would be a surgeon and part of me will always wish i had gone into surgery I'd already made the decision this was not for me because the place where I went to medical school at the time, the surgical training was just really malignant and the residents were all just broken. I'm doing my oral exam and the attending is taking me through the cases and he's asking me the questions and I'm doing great. I, you know, getting everything. I did a good job. Get to the third question and he starts to really like up the voltage. He's like getting much more intense, much more vocal, not giving me as much time to answer. And he asked me something, and I don't remember the specific question, and I paused for literally like two heartbeats. And he stands up, knuckles on the table, leans forward and says, MD stands for make decisions. What are you going to do? And I just was like, you've got to be kidding. Like, this can't be real. But anyway, I did very well on the exam. I gave him the answer, and it was fine. But that story, I've dined out on MD stands for make decisions since I was a (laughs) third-year medical student. Jamie Coleman would never say that to anyone ever except as a joke. I think initiative, though, this one fits nicely. There's the need for people to engage with those moments. I had, as you were saying, right, when there are moments, I struggle with this. I work really hard to be more courageous. That's why that phrase step into the tension means so much to me. It is hard for me, man. I will be conflict averse and I'm just trying to get better at it. Um, I'm good at acting when someone's sick and I'm at the bedside and when there's those moments of tension between people or towards me, I get less agile and I'm trying really hard to get better at it, but it is hard. Jamie, talk to us about initiative. You know, I think for me, what's interesting in this principle, which I am obsessed with, and there's so much overlap with this episode. I mean, so much overlap because really what people understand and it really overlaps well with Ted's speech in the locker room, right? With Colin and that inaction is an action, right? Inaction is the biggest or can be the biggest failure. That's because not saying something is saying something. And the sense of when they talk about Colin, like, oh, well, we don't care. He's like, no, that's not what this is about. It's not about saying or ignoring that someone might have a different path than you and saying, well, I mean, I don't, I don't think about you that way or, you know, this doesn't matter to me. No, that's not what's supporting and that's not what's standing up. And that's not what being a leader is about. 
It's about saying, hey, you're walking a different path than me. I do care about that. And I recognize that that's part of who you are. That's part of how you're judged. That's part of how you're treated. And that was really, to me, kind of where it just really crystallized for the episode um, with this overlap with the pyramid is in action, saying you don't care about something. There's meaning behind that and there's substance behind that. So when you think you're saying you don't care and that's just dismissive and that's, it's not a, you know, in this category, that category, that's just staying neutral. No, sometimes staying neutral in the face of wrong is actually the opposite of what you're doing. You're not staying neutral. You're taking a side. And I think that it goes back to your MD makes decisions. That's what this is about. It's about where do you actually stand? And if you stand for nothing, you'll fall for anything. And that's to me where I really saw this um, wonderful overlap between the initiative. And I'll say, as a, again, you know, <laughs> shorter statured uh, female surgeon, I, I learned how to get comfortable with tension. And in fact, I mean, I joke, like my next job, I'm just going to be a hostage negotiator. Like, <laughs> send me in, coach. Like, if you can talk a three-year-old out of, you know, massive meltdown in the middle of a grocery store, I mean, you're you're golden. Um, but in truthfulness, <laughs> I think part of it is, you know, we talked about before, getting comfortable with being uncomfortable and recognizing that, Standing up for the right thing isn't always the easy thing, but it is the right thing. And it becomes the easier thing when at the end of the day, you feel right. You're aligned with who you are. That's what being principled is. It's when your actions and your thoughts and your your actions line up with your thoughts and beliefs. And so staying true. So Ed, what elected office do we want Jamie to run for? All of them. <laughs> Give them all, all to them. her. Just all make one office. <laughs> One office. Trust me. You can talk about initiative if you want. I I mean, I I feel bad. I should have gone after (laughs) Jamie that time. Um, I really, that wasn't fair of me. What can you add? I mean, the only thing I would say is, uh, as somebody who's not a surgeon, you know, oftentimes I don't have that big intervention to do, just in terms of medicine. I would say the wording, failure to act is the biggest failure of all. I, th- I think the issue is is not so much failure to act as long as failure to act is a decision you're making in the sense right. that it, it, a lot of what we do is so biased towards intervention. Sometimes the toughest way to take initiative is to be the one person in the room who stops and goes, wait, everybody stop what you're doing, you know, especially if something's going down the wrong path. And, and your decision may not be so much to act as, as to take those few crucial moments to, to kind of realign you know, and, and see things clearly. So th- that's the only thing I would say. I, I think making the decision is important, but deciding not to do anything is also making a potentially powerful decision. It's fun. We have video, right? This is an audio only podcast, but we have video. And Syed, as you were <laughs> saying that, as you were making the comment, which I loved about, there are times where you have to say, everybody, please stop what you're doing and look up because things are not going the right direction. I was watching Jamie. And I could see the movie behind her eyes of the times in the recess room or in the OR. She yeah. said, everybody, please stop what you're doing. Just stop what you're doing. And let's just take a minute and 
get some situational awareness. Is that something that happens for you, Jamie, instinctively, or is it a skill that you've had to hone? Oh, I mean, I think with anything, you know, you have to hone it. I do think that dealing with conflict or being comfortable in conflict, um, which that's a whole nother story. Um, definitely I've had, um, because of family of origin, um, things. And so I've had to hone it as you mature, as you grow, learning how to adapt your style to be effective because that changes, right? Like a little bit, it's, it's like Rebecca, right? With Roy, her style of the intervention with Roy, this episode of like, oi, you know, like she took a different tact because she needed to get through to him. And I think, again, it goes back to that core of authenticity, staying true to who you are, but then adapting that and molding that to the situation. And that definitely, um, I've had to, I've had to learn and hone and still learn from the amazing people that are also on this amazing podcast. But truly, you know, I learned from my friends and colleagues and watching how they do it, how they adapt. And I think that's a huge part of this. What I'm hearing from you, it's it's a in large part knowing your people and not thinking that the one size will fit all with your intervention, response, communication style, which is hard. You know, you're tired. It's been a long day. It's been a long call. It's been a long life. And you have to still have that agility to say this person needs X. This person needs Y. And it's it's a massive skill set to develop. Syed, for you in your creative space, when you're writing, do you have to sort of change the voice with which you're writing or is consistency more important? There's your 100 me, proof Shapiro question, by the way, pal. <laughs> Love that. That's a tough one. Um, the only time I ever really have to focus hard in changing my voice is if it's to the service of the story. If I'm having to write in the put myself in the shoes of a character that's really far from who I am that takes that takes effort but for the most part I think part of what makes people identify with my writing is I think I, I would like to hope uh that it's the authenticity uh, you know yes. uh, for me finding uh, the more I write the closer I come to the truth of who I am you know as a person because the toughest lies to get through are the lies we tell ourselves and that's a big part of Ted Lasso is the lies we tell ourselves, right? The lies these characters have been telling ourselves. And for me, writing is is sort of a path through those lies to some some inner truths. And it's very cathartic. And I think that's that's how it goes. I couldn't love that more. And this is perfect because we now get to change the name of our plug something segment to the yeah. Syed has a book coming out called These Vital Signs Plug Something Segment. <laughs> and, and, and I just I, I'm gonna have my like hundred proof question or whatever um, because I go. So again yes. yeah because again you know how I talked about like finger painting like I like to write um, but it is like a finger painting compared to Syed's masterpieces so I'm just gonna go ahead and ask I am gonna pre-order a copy obviously because all the cool kids do that. I want a signed copy. I'm just saying it. I'm yeah. throwing it out there into the universe. I'm going to manifest it. Um, I, 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 I want it. I want it signed. We will make. You it can happen. finger paint on it. You can finger paint <laughs> on it. <You> can <laughs> use a crayon. Don't care. But um, truly, your your writing. I'm just I have to just. It is soul stopping. 
because it evokes emotion in a way that drives change. It drives insight. It drives compassion towards yourself to other people. It is, it is spectacular. And I am just, it, I am again, I'm a, I'm a huge fan. And so I was very excited when I got asked to be on this episode with you. So I could put my plug in, <laughs> which is that I want a finger painted crayon signed book. Just oh my it. God. Thank you so much. That's, that's, that's so beautiful. Just, just send the episode, Mark. Just, I can't. Oh, we're done. Oh, we're, we're all set. Take, <laughs> these vital know. signs, these vital signs, May 13th. There's a link in the show notes, pre-order it now. By the time, well, this will go up before May 13th, but yeah, man, Syed's book is May coming 16th. in. Yeah. May 16th, sorry. So yeah, this episode it. will for sure be up before your book comes out, and it's going to be incredible. We're, we're all done. Syed, enjoy the next week before your book comes out. It's going to be a once-in-a-lifetime experience. The first, you might write other books, but this will be the first time you experience the runway to the publication of your first wow. book. Enjoy it, Yeah. Pal. I, I so surreal, and this whole episode has been so surreal. I can't believe Jamie Coleman is with. This is so cool! Oh my goodness, Jamie, what a what a blast! Thank you so much for being available. We could not have picked a better episode. This was phenomenal. When that when we talked about this in Chicago at the Women in Medicine Summit, I said, "Come on, Med yes. Lasso." I just sort of had this like hope. I was like, "I think Jamie's going to absolutely dismantle this when it actually happens." <laughs> this was awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for the opportunity. This is this is. One of my favorite opportunities, my favorite podcast. Um, you know, I've been a big fan of yours too for so long. And thank you for bringing me along for a bit of the ride. I appreciate it. My thanks once again to Jamie for an absolutely electric episode. Her insights, just fabulous. Just absolutely fantastic. Big shout out to my buddy, Syed. His book is coming out in a week, May 16th to be exact kind of cool actually it's the date that we get our next ted lasso episode so a big day all around and i'm really excited for him please do pre-order if you haven't already there's a link in the show notes his book is called these vital signs you can search for it on google and get yourself a copy in advance it's going to be awesome and it's a great way obviously to support our pal the whole archive of med lasso is available as well as the archive of explore the space podcast www.explorethespaceshow.com hit me on twitter at ets show instagram at explore the space show and you can email me, Mark, at explorethespaceshow.com. If you haven't already, please subscribe to Explore the Space Podcast wherever you're listening to this episode. Please share with your friends and your colleagues. Definitely, if you have a chance to leave us that five-star rating and review, that really helps us out as well. You know we will be back. We're going to be hitting all of the last episodes of Ted Lasso Season 3, and we've got some great Explore the Space content coming your way as well. Until then, take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Explore the Space. Visit us on our website, explorethespaceshow.com. And please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at ETS Show. And you can email Dr. Shapiro by writing to mark at explorethespaceshow.com.